myself again. Good evening and welcome to NUFC Manage with me, Steve Ray. It's Thursday night, which means it's myself uh, and Supermac and Gibbo to chew the facts for the next hour about Newcastle United. And uh, John Noble put this in at about uh, 10.30 this morning. Um, and it was, uh, I think our recruitment process is a shambles. Spurs got their new boss in in a couple of days. Is it too many cooks will spoil the broth? We've got three new owners. What are they doing? We might be the richest club if we can't get the right manager in. We will be stuck in the relegation zone. The Premier League clubs must be laughing at us. Have the new owners got a plan? Or is it a case of who is out of work and won't cost any money in compensation? Strong words from John Noble. Uh, came in at half past ten this morning. So he just had his mid-morning cuppa. Um, and uh, his croissants. Um, and... He's given it to the new owners, um, double barreled. Um, what's your take on that, Malcolm? I've got a feeling that they've been played uh, by Emery. I really do. Um, the, the the way in which it appears that he suddenly backtracked, uh, went back to Villarreal, uh, got an, and I believe he got a new contract with a nice rise. Thank you very much job done on his part and and it, it probably was uh, um, a, a fact that he start, he initiated the whole situation with Newcastle um, but that, but that's what some of these managers do these days they they create a situation play it and finish up with a with a much higher uh, contract thank you very much John, it's strong words from John at the start. Um, I've seen, you know, mixed mixed reports on social media from supporters. I find it astonishing that 31 days into the new ownership, people are already having a pop at the new owners. Yeah, yeah. I mean, isn't that often a social media thing? You know, the honeymoon lasts 48 hours and that's it. I think that is extremely harsh. Um it is easier to get a manager quickly when you say in Spurs position, I'm talking about in the league table and not in Newcastle mm, United's yeah. position. When you're second bottom, six points adrift of safety, it's harder to get a top manager to come. I'm not talking about Emery or Conte or anybody generalising to come to your club because you're in a much more difficult situation. One minute you're looking, let's take Emery... Is an example because he's the one that's been up before us. One minute he's in the Champions League with Villarreal, and next year he could have been in the Championship instead of the Champions League with Newcastle if they went down. So it does become harder to get a manager when you're in the current Newcastle United mm. situation. Yeah. To a certain extent, it's just a shame that in all the enthusiasm, the Emery thing broke the way it did and at the time it did, um, as opposed to keeping a lid tightly on it until the horse was past the post. I told OK, John, so I'm going to ask you a question as a journalist. How yeah. did that happen? Well, it happened because one of the things I believe that the new regime have taken on board and they've been magnificent in knowing what was wrong with Newcastle United under Mike Ashley and what needs improving. 
And one of the things, one of the many, many, many things that was wrong with the Mike Ashley regime was the PR and the uh, direction of information to fans so that fans were always in the loop. That was absolutely abysmal. There's been an effort to put that right under these circumstances. Now, when you're new to the game of association football, it is a very, very different business, as all three of us know, than ordinary business. You can be hugely successful people, but football is a totally mm -hmm. different business. And you learn it on the hoof. However much money you've got, however powerful you've got, once you buy a football club, it's a different ball game. And as a means of making certain communication stays open, newspapers were alerted to the fact that between you and I, no, nothing on the record, Emery uh, will be the Newcastle next manager. Um, once the game is out of the way tonight, Villarreal, this will then become in the open domain, etc. Unfortunately, that boomeranged, and there was other things coming to it, like Malcolm's talked about, but that boomeranged, and it came out before the game. Now, that's okay in England, but it's not okay in Spain when you're playing in mm. the Champions League that night and you've got to face your own players, the Villarreal players in the dressing room before yeah. the game and the crowd in the stadium during the game. And the fact that it was leaked and in the public domain these days, you know, if something appears in England, five minutes later, it's in Spain and it's in the world. It didn't used to be like that in the 60s and 70s. So the, the situation led to an embarrassment. And, of course, he had to face his, his chairman before the game, etc. as well. So it was all out in the public domain at the worst possible time, just a couple hours before a Champions League game, which is a massive, massive big game. And took to his toes as a consequence, and it didn't happen. Everything <laughs> with good intentions uh, from Newcastle's <laughs> point of view, uh, and I think the bent over backwards and the offer was absolutely terrific. Uh, everything was done for the right reasons. We were just very unfortunate that it happened to be match night. And I, I think yeah. that produced cold feet. And then, as Malcolm says, once you get cold feet, you can massage the situation to make it to your advantage. Yeah. Without the shadow of doubt. Yeah. But it was unfortunate um, in the timing of it and in the fact there was a Champions League game that night. Uh, and, of course, it's all strengthened these hands with Villarreal now, wasn't it? Because they think they were going to lose a manager at the Premier League. Now he's Mr. Wonderful and he, he's back in the fold, etc., etc. And Newcastle have to go down a different path. Um, what I would say, what I would say, ultimately, to anybody watching this who's a Newcastle fan, is we've just had the longest takeover in football history, and the advice I gave people when they were watching that unfold or not unfold, as as it turned out, until the very death, uh, is wait until the manager is doing a press conference at the football club, because other than that, it's speculation. And the only people benefiting from the speculation at the moment is potentially a manager who might get a new contract or a rise out of his contract because they realise that he's in demand. Other bookmakers, 
who make an absolute fortune taking your money and not paying out, um, you know, uh, you know, as much as they've taken in. And, and it's as simple as that. Don't get carried away. We've just got to hope that, you know, it, it's resolved within the next few weeks. But ultimately, we're in a position now where Graham Jones will be taking the press conference tomorrow. We're now being linked with the person we were linked with right at the start. It was in the three managers talked about right at the start, and that's Eddie Howe. Lee Taylor now asks, do you think Eddie Howe would be a great appointment? Tom Dixon says, what do you think about Eddie Howe? Do you think, what do you think he'll bring to our club? Do you think we'll survive relegation? If Howe is in place, Tom, not when Howe is in place. Because there's no guarantees at the moment. Peter G, yeah. he says, I've been researching Eddie Howe. He's tactically switched on. Demands the highest of standards. Can't wait for him to start, start his NUFC journey. Toonami says, I'd rather have Howe because if he can save us, great. But if we do end up going down with these ageing players, he can start afresh and get us back up. Tyneside for Life says, Eddie Howe managed Bournemouth, whose ground has less capacity compared to Gates' international stadium from League Two to five years in the Premier League. Had Howe been a foreign, everyone would be all over this. Uh, and uh, Chris, he says, I would much rather have Eddie Howe as manager who plays good football and attacks teams instead of sitting back all the time. 4-2-3-1 or 4-4-2 is his best formation when he managed Bournemouth. Harry Cox, he says, why do you think it has took this long to potentially bring Howe in as manager when he'd already had talks with Charnley prior to the Newcastle takeover? Is it as, simply, uh, is it as simple as looking at other options? Lots of people commenting on this. Lots of people have an opinion. Gary Davison says, Eddie Howe is a safe pair of hands for the start of a rebuild and to get us up the league. Uh, Chris again says, Eddie Howe will probably play both Wilson and Gale up front together. There's definitely goals there. Um, so there we go. Plenty to chew on, Malcolm. Eddie Howe, as far as the media is concerned, is in the driving seat. But they're very reluctant now to say that he's the favourite after getting bitten once by the Emery mm -hmm. uh, story. What's your take on Eddie Howe? We've discussed him before on the show. Um, is this very much a case of... You know, if he is the man going to come in, do you think he can keep us up? So many questions to answer there. Uh, <laughs> can he keep us? I'm not sure anybody can keep us up with uh, um, with the current squad that we have to just stick with until January. Are we going to be that far behind that no matter what they do in January, it's it's very difficult to play catch up. Um, but. Uh, <sighs> I I do feel um, that that there's a question to be asked, and that is why uh, <laughs> my dog has just come and sat on the wire, and he's pulling my computer all over the place. I wonder, I thought, I wonder what was, was going on. I was a little I was a little bit worried there, Malcolm, oh. because he looked jittery, and he's <laughs> gone now. I think the dog will be up next. Is that the dog? Yeah. Up there? Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> Well, yeah, he's, he's sat... Have you got your leg or the wire? He, he's <laughs> he's got the, the but... wire tangled around him in some way. I hope there's um, a dog. Do you need five minutes to sort it out? Right, no, no, no. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just on, uh, um, the point I was going to make about Eddie, Eddie Howe is why has he been out of the game since leaving Bournemouth for so long? And, and and that's a question mark that keeps going round in my head. And I, and I think, well, why? Why? What? Why hasn't he, uh, you know, if he is 
as good as everybody is saying, and, and there was even a, a point when when he was at uh, Bournemouth that um, that they were talking of him as the next England manager, um, if, if memory serves me. But he's been, but he's, why has he been out of the game for so long once he left Bournemouth? Um, and I'm, uh, uh, and and I, I I just can't oh. quite come to terms with that. I really can't. Um, I can hear the dog growling now, Mark. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think. <laughs> no, I think Come that's Carol. I think that's I think that's Carol growling. John, we'll come to you, Wes. Yeah, yeah. Hold on a minute. I'm, he's got well, he's well, got it twisted. I tell you what. I'll talk to Steve, and you can sort the dog out. Okay, I've took him off uh, until he gets it sorted out. Good for coming back. But John, yeah, I mean, anyhow, give us your views yeah. on anyhow. Well, first of all, yes, he can keep us up. What we're six points adrift, but that's only two wins adrift. He, I mean, we talked, Steve, as you well know, over the last few weeks about what happens with Newcastle United. And I always said there will be a manager that'll take us to about seventh in the league, and then you'll get the Champions League winner or the Premier League winner in. Now, I'm not suggesting Eddie Howe can't go all the way. He's a young boy. But, but this is the right, this is a stepping stone towards that, let us get established as a, as a, a Premier League club. Um, I think he can do that. He certainly knows the Premier League. He knows what is required. For goodness sake, if he can get a tune out of Ryan Fraser, we'll all be delighted, won't we? Because, uh, you know, he's one of the people that's had us scratching our head. I think in, in reaction to what Malcolm has said about Eddie Howe being out of a job, and I take the point, from my point of view, so many managers now, good gracious, we've lost him. There he's gone now. It's it's now Wraithy that's gone. Oh, we're playing musical chairs here. Is anybody going to stay for, <laughs> for the rest of the programme? Anyway, we'll plough on, Malcolm. I mean, one of my feelings on him being um, out of a job, there he is, he's back, the invisible man. What, what I was saying, Steve, one of the things for me about him being out of a job for so long, as Mal was talking about, that often happens for two reasons. After you've had a huge lot of pressure in a job and it's really got to you, and I think seeing his beloved Bournemouth going down when he worked so hard to bring them up from the bottom division to the Premier League and kept them there for five seasons meant he had to get away and, and recharge the batteries and so many... Managers, unlike, say, Conti or Rafa, who, who died to get back into a, a job in the way Lee Clark has it, 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 throughout his career. Other managers take a significant break. It also helps with the tax man because you spread your income over a longer period. Um, and he could have come back. He, in fact, it looked as if he would be the manager of Celtic. It was all done and dusted and collapsed at the last minute, as we know. And I believe that was over his, his staff and people that he wanted to bring in. Um, but I think the job can be done. The immediate job can certainly be done, which is establishing Newcastle United as a mid-table, never-in-trouble side. And that is a first step towards where we want to go. So I'm not all doom and gloom. And what I am saying 
and no Newcastle supporters who have had 14 years of purgatory uh, and have now got rid of Ashley and they've got rid of Steve Bruce, who they didn't believe in, and the club never moved forward in two years. The biggest certainty is that the fans will get behind whoever's appointed manager, mm. whether it's their immediate choice, whether they would have preferred somebody else. Once the manager is appointed, I think the fans will come together behind the manager because this is our hour of need. We need people to get behind the owners and get behind the manager and get our club to where we want it to be. And yeah. I believe that will happen. I believe whoever gets the job, and it may be how, I think he's certainly favourite at the moment, but it may be someone else. There may be a plan B and C. Who knows? Because we aren't party to the, to the actual negotiations, neither should we be, because they're a private matter. But whoever gets the job, these fans will get behind them because we have got to go one way and one way very, very quickly, and that's upwards. I don't like the way the media have played this, John. I'll be perfectly honest with you. I think that um, I I just feel that the Emery situation, I hate the fact that he's been called our number one choice. No one has said he's our number one choice. It was Fonseca last week. It was Conte the week before. Um, I think that the media have done what they normally do, which ultimately was whip up a bit of a frenzy over certain names. I know it's exciting times. I know that we've got, um, you know, uh, you know, a lot of potential money to spend in January. They've got to get the right person in. And like I said, I've said this all along, and I know this is a fact because I was, you know, I was with Amanda Stavely in 2017 in Newcastle's ground. I know that Rafa was the one who brought them to the club. I know Rafa was always going to be the first choice. I personally feel um, that, you know, they have obviously taken the club over now. It's been a, a shock that the takeover has gone through. And I feel they've probably had to step back and go, wow, what, what do we do here? Um, how, do we, how do we actually do this now? Who, who is going to be our choice? And I think they were quite right in taking the time. But I just feel that, you know, if Eddie Howe doesn't work out this week, there's going to be another name in the frame next week. And I, I just feel it's been a little bit unfair on the new owners who've come in. I think I think we are in this position because of Mike Ashley and Steve Bruce. Um, and they've got to get this right, John. And, and no amount of, you know, cajoling by the media and leading. And, and some of it, as you say, I, I've got to take your word for it. You're in the media, I'm not. The, the, the club have given this um, alert, if you like, that uh, Emery was going to be announced. If that's the case, you know, Great, then that's that is an that is an error on somebody's behalf. However, my my thing is that it's been painted as if Emery was the number one choice all along when it clearly wasn't. It was Fonseca last week. It was Conte the week before. If you can see what I'm trying to say, the media have to do this to sell papers to get clicks, and I just as a fan, it annoys the hell out of me. Well, I, I, honestly, you just sounded like Steve Bruce to me. Something goes wrong, and it's a, it's a newspaper's fault. Like you said, it was the Chronicle's fault that everything was going wrong with, with Bushy. Mm. But I'm I just saying, as a fan, I'm saying as a fan, that annoys me. That really annoys me. We're getting from Steve, but what you've got to realise is that the, the, the way when something like this happens, the way the uh, press work. Now I do accept that they're going to throw balls up in the air when nothing's happening and say. Well, it could be Fonseca, yeah. it could be That's what Palmer, I mean. it could be Gerard, it could be Lampard. But 
what is happening and is a fact that we cannot get away from it is what always happens in football and that is a club steers the press in a particular direction because they want good publicity because they want it to be information that goes to the fans because of all the pluses in doing it for the right reasons not for the wrong reasons but there is there has been a direction given to papers over over uh, Emery and now over how there's absolutely no question about that because if it was just a matter of a paper making up how do they all say that it's Emery that's going to get the job tonight? Have they all just got lucky together that they've all just... No, but I'm, the point I'm making is it was Conte three weeks ago and well, then, course, it was, it, then it was Fonseca. Was, did, they, did they get that? What, who told them that? But it was. The, what happens initially, when you're going to appoint a manager, Steve, you don't just have one manager in mind. You've got a short list of half a dozen or, or four or three and, of course, if you've got three factions, and I, I don't mean battling each other, I mean all on the same side, but you've got the Ruben boys might want somebody, uh, Amanda might want somebody, and the Saudis have, have had their strings pulled for somebody else. So all these names go into a pot. And Newcastle have seriously considered and have definitely interviewed, they interviewed Fonseca, so that means he's in the running. It doesn't mean he's number one, but he was interviewed on Zoom. What, what I'm trying to say is the way that Zoom. Sky in particular have led it as if Emery's turn were down. He was the number one choice. Nobody knows that. He has turned us down. Nobody knows that he was the number one choice, John. Mm -hmm. we, we do because we were tipped off that it was Emery that night after the game. It would be interesting once to see. It would be interesting to see. It's correct. So, how does that make Eddie Howe feel if he gets appointed tomorrow? Well, that's Eddie Howe's problem. Yeah, He'll, I don't, I don't I believe. I don't I believe how I would feel if I was Eddie Howe. I'd feel grateful that, that I'd still got the chance to be manager of Newcastle United. Yeah. And I would grab it and take it. That's how I'd feel if I was Eddie Howe, because this is the biggest club he'll have been at, having been at Bournemouth and Burnley. Hmm. Well, as I say, there's a lot of people who seem to agree with, you know, the, the, the fact that the media have whipped this up. And, you know, I'm not having to go at you, John, as you know, we are pals. Oh, uh, and it certainly that. wasn't your name on the byline, um, you know, with the stories. I just think that the way uh -huh. sometimes certain media outlets do it, it's very misleading and it's very annoying. And it's what gets the fans up a height. And that's... that's so who do, you, who do you think, Steve, they've been talking to all this... I don't know, and I'm not going to add to the speculation. Um, all I can really say with hand on heart is I know that Rafa Benitez was the first choice way back in 2017. After oh, that, yeah. you know, I'm I'm you know I'm in the dark, exactly the same as everybody else. So I would like to think that they have done their homework and they've tried to speak to as many people as possible and looked and looked at the CVs, looked at um, you know looked at and spoken to football advisors. Uh, and made the, made the decision accordingly. And when the new person is announced, whoever that is, I just hope it's the right person for the you know the plan, okay. whether that's short term or full term. And that's one thing I guess we can all be agreed on. And um, look, Malcolm, it's it's very rarely that we we'll get heated on this program. We like to have a laugh, um, <laughs> but 
it's it shows you that really just shows you exactly the two sides of the fence, I guess, in a lot of ways. The way that I'm feeling is the way a lot of people in the chat are feeling. And again, it's not having a good John, it's just the media. But John has been in the media for 55 plus years and, and, and very right to defend it. But what do you think? I mean, it's changed, Malcolm, in a lot of ways, although. I do remember when you know Gordon Lee was a pre, uh, you know given the manager's job. Um, you got a phone call from a Mr. Gibson, and then uh, you got a back page Gordon who, and that put you off into a bad start with Gordon Lee. So I mean, it's maybe it's maybe it's always been the same. I don't know, but what, Mal, what do you think? I mean, do you sometimes do you sometimes sit and go, or, or, or are you too long in the tooth and more of a consumer professional and go, well, I know how this works, and you know they're just doing the job. What what's your take? Sure, uh, because. Clubs usually um, interview uh, a, a number of people. Um, it, it's it, it's perhaps the press um, or the bookies who make one a favourite and uh, another a co-favourite and somebody's an outsider. Um, but uh, the board of directors, they will interview each person to, to see um, who impresses them the most. Um, I understand that Eddie Howe has already been interviewed and that there will perhaps be a further interview to happen. Um, and and I, I, just have, I just have that overwhelming feeling because if Newcastle United, if they spoke with Unai Emery, they had to have permission from Villarreal. And, and and so um, Villarreal, it wasn't as if it was happening behind their backs. It wasn't. But but what it seems to me is that Villarreal, they, they've given permission, but then said, look, we don't want to lose this fella. So let's, uh, let's make him a, a, a much better offer, give him a new contract. Um, and, at the, and at the same time, I wasn't too impressed as to why, as to what he said um, when he started comparing him, himself with Eddie Howe um, and, and talking of, of of the differences that there were in their styles, and therefore um, he wanted to compete with somebody of a, of, of, a, of an identical style. I thought that was utter nonsense. I thought it was just an excuse to get out the situation. Villarreal, I believe, had come up with a new contract, and, and that's, and he got to where he wanted to be. Um, and uh, but there, of course, there's others in the frame, um, and I, 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 I note that uh, talk of Frank Lampard seems to have dimmed considerably, but I still think that he would be the best man to do the job and on a long-term basis as well. I think you deal with the current situation, deal with it well and quickly, um, uh, uh, but he would seek to to make big improvement um, in both the winter, the, 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 uh, the winter transfer window and through the following summer, following season, uh, um, and look to get get there quickly and he, he achieved that at Chelsea I still think it was the I, I think it was one of the worst sackings that I've ever seen it really about, was so unfair so incredibly unfair and Tuchel he's managing 
a side that was put together put together by Frank Lampard and it's top of the league and we we saw how that how they could do it uh, they had over 80% of possession against Newcastle last Saturday for heaven's sake Chris is asking if Everton, um, if we could approach Everton for Rafa. Yeah, I mean, we could. It's going to cost us £16 million and the guy's never broken a contract. So, you know, I find it I find it unlikely. Yeah. But if this drags on into next week and Rafa Benitez is Everton get beat at the weekend, we do might, we, we might have a situation where Rafa gets sacked. Um, and you can't see it, it's not going to happen because just look at what's happened at Tottenham. Um, and if it's not working, if it's not fixed, you, you, you could have a ready-made solution already, sure. already I, I, there. What you've got, you've got Eddie Howe, he's out of work. You've got Frank Lampard, he's out of work. For heaven's sake, what is it about going for people who are who are firmly entrenched in con in contracts with new clubs? For heaven's sake, um, that's at this particular time in the um, of the season, that ain't the way to go. It really isn't. Look for somebody who hasn't got a contract. And right now, I think the favourite should be Eddie Howe and Frank Lampard. I'm going to ask you a question, John, and it's come up in the chat a little bit. Is, is Lee Charney the, a problem here? Uh, Lee Charney, of course, was uh, uh, Mike Ashley's sidekick. He's still at the club. Obviously, we know the new owners came in with the remit of allowing people to stay in the jobs until you know they, they, they were ready to make changes. Charney's still there. We know he got sent to the Premier League for a meeting, um, You know, which ultimately... Uh, you know, you would expect him to. He's been dealing with that on a on a on a week to week basis for Ashley. Is he part of the problem? Do you think because we know that he wasn't very quick at doing things in the past? He certainly he certainly has never been part of the solution, Steve. So he must that must make him part of the problem, isn't it? Um, yeah, you don't want you don't want Charlie anywhere near the current situation. Yes, let him count carry on doing specific things, certain things that helps the continuity. But I would be staggered if he was part, I would be staggered and absolutely decimated if he was at all part of any negotiation. If once you decide who you would like to approach and start opening the door, you wouldn't want the guy you were talking to be, uh, talking to on behalf of the club, to be Lee Charney, that doesn't work. The funny thing is, and it's just my mischievous humour coming through on a very intense night, when we were talking about paying Everton off for Rafa, I remember the old days, you know, when Newcastle went to appoint Souness as manager after we'd, we'd had a flipping good manager and Bobby Robson, we paid compensation to Blackburn, who were so thrilled to bits because a fortnight later they were going to sack him. There were in discussions to sack to sack the guy, and we paid compensation for him. So Newcastle have had a history, but that was different owners, and not now. Um, yeah, just let's see this play out. We're too close to Saturday's match for any change to have a significant input on Brighton. We know that Graham Jones has taken the press conference tomorrow because we're at that situation now and decisions have, have been made. So let us go down there. Let us get on with getting something down there and we're into an international break of a fortnight. And let's, with a little bit of the pressure off, 
get it right as soon as we can in that fortnight. Yeah, okay, fully agree with that, uh, John, 100%. A big shout out to our sponsor, Spider VPN, for all your internet security. Google Spider VPN. They come up at the top of your Google search list. They are the boys to trust for protecting your passwords, your computer, uh, your photos on your computer, whatever. Get in touch with the lads at Spider VPN. Tell them that we sent you and they'll do you a good deal. I'm hearing a lot of fireworks outside tonight, lads, and Sir Bobby is there with his bonfire. Uh, skipsandbins.com, of course. Uh, another one of our main sponsors <laughs> and uh, telephone 0800 2545 253 email inquiries at skips website www easy contact free and pay as you go waste collection i'm sure there'll be some hat and scarf man in newcastle chucking all of his unite emery merchandise in there as we speak <laughs> lmg family funeral directors 0191389 Big thank you to you and aqtechshop.co.uk that make us a pool tables and snooker tables in Wars and in Newcastle. Big shout out to John uh, who uh, came along with us today. We were down in uh, the old folding gateshead to visit another Saudi brethren uh, who made us a lovely Saudi meal. Um, we went along with Al Walid, of course, who uh, is uh, over here on a 10 day holiday. Um, thanks to Lee Ryder for uh, sticking something in the Chronicle today just to promote the fact that he was here but also to promote the fact that he didn't have a ticket for the Brighton game. Thank you to all the supporters who offered him a ticket because there was a few spares, but we've got to give a big shout out to Fun88, Newcastle United's official shirt sponsor, who uh, reached out to Al Walid and have agreed to give him a ticket for the game. So he's travelling with the back page, back page travel. Uh, thanks to Mick Edmondson for that. And uh, he is travelling down to uh, the Brighton game. And uh, hopefully, let's hope he sees a goal at the very least. It'd be great for him to see a win. Uh, but he's had a fantastic time. Uh, and uh, we wish him all the best. And uh, the good news is that we will have Al Walid uh, as a guest sitting alongside me tomorrow night on the show on the Three Amigos. And there we have uh, the post up on tomorrow night. Um, faulty Towers. It's uh, faulty, faulty at the moment, yes. But we're hoping it's going to get fixed by the arrival of a new manager. Looking forward to having uh, Al Walid as I say, alongside me tomorrow night, uh, conducting proceedings here. Big thanks to Jab Signature for making that dodgy flyer and all the other ones before that. And uh, their website is jabsignature.co.uk. If you're the first time visitor to the channel, hit the subscription button. That's the Newcastle Legends logo in the bottom right-hand corner. And that's it. You can subscribe for free. We still do seven shows a week. Hit the thumb up under the video to like the video. Click share to share to your social media. And drop into the comments box to speak to like-minded Newcastle fans or to pose a question or a comment. We're also available as a podcast for free on iTunes and Spotify and other podcast providers. Don't uh, forget as well, you can see these two gentlemen uh, alongside me at the NUFC Matters Christmas Party, uh, November the 19th, 7 o'clock, Tyneside Irish Centre. Uh, all proceeds go into the food bank. Tickets for that are available from newcastlelegends.com, as are tickets for an evening with Peter Beardsley, 26th of November at the Irish Centre as well. And uh, tickets for that one are £15. Tickets for both events, newcastlelegends.com. And uh, click shop to buy your tickets tonight. And we also have an evening with myself and Supermac for the food bank. Bobix.com, where you can buy your tickets for that. Bobix is in Jesmond. So uh, get yourself along again to support the food bank. You can also support them online at nufcfansfoodbank.co.uk where there is a match day bucket where you can virtually put money in. And uh, you can also uh, join the raffle uh, for uh, the Peter Beardsley signed trainers. Donated by I Am The Renovation, 
Um, custom made in your size and signed by Peter Beardsley. Uh, the raffle will be drawn on the 26th of November. Tickets for the raffle are a pound. And don't forget, also got a big event with Peter Beardsley on the 30th of January next year at the Tyne Theatre and Opera House. Uh, and tickets for that. Nice Christmas present for somebody are available on Groupon and on Woucher. So get yourself onto the website or onto Groupon and Woucher to buy those tickets. Uh, come back to some of your uh, points now. Um, Buller Boy says, this is a great show tonight, guys. Loving the opinions from you all. Would rather have three weeks of this management situation than another 14 years of you-know-what. I'm confident <laughs> we will get there. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think that's what it's all about. You know, it's all about opinions, isn't it, uh, Mal? You know, it, 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 and, and, you know, sometimes we agree, sometimes we disagree. Um, but, yeah. In, in on the whole, it's all about opinions. That's what makes football mm. an interesting subject. Of course, it is. Yeah, because uh, you know you you, you you start comparing two managers, and uh, uh, and it becomes quite interesting, you know. But you, uh, um, it's how you see what they've done. It's not it, it, because everybody has a different perspective on uh, um, on all sorts. And so uh, um, I favour one, John favours another, Steve, you were third. So, you know, that's just in this small trio. All of the people watching and listening, they've all got people that they would love to see managing Newcastle United. Who is the best man for the job? It's only an opinion that we can each hold. Only an opinion. Yeah, none of us know. No, it's not John, and exactly that's right, isn't it? None of us know, but it, it is all about it is all about opinions. That's what makes it such an interesting topic, mm. and that's why we, yeah. we meet every Thursday virtually, John, to discuss these things. Well, I mean, if we didn't have different opinions, we wouldn't have a show, Steve. And um, I mean, football is the wonderful, wonderful thing about football is not just the match day, which is the highlight of anybody's week. But it's discussing it in the old days, going down the pub, standing around with a pint in your hand and setting the world to rights. And by the end of the night, in the old days, the best manager for Newcastle night was yourself, wasn't it? You know, by the time you got to 11 o'clock, you could manage Newcastle. You could also walk on water. I mean, that, that that's a wonderful thing about football. And um, so it should be. That's the stimulus. The one thing that I'm expecting out of all this is once we get the manager, whoever that is, that we give him an honest chance to make a success of it because we know that he's going to be backed by a board that has ambition, that has money, that cares and wants to take Newcastle one way and that's upwards and not just about survival and selling football shirts so we know that we've got a real chance let's get behind who the guy is and give him a chance if he turned out to be a disaster uh in the long term no doubt the board would say that never mind us but we would reserve the right to our opinion but we've all got to come together once a new man comes in and get us out of this situation where we're second bottom and looking up, and we're only second bottom, by the way, because the side that's bottom is possibly the worst side that's ever been in the Premier League. <laughs> yeah. in the history of the Premier yeah. League. Yes, uh, and also, and also, John, 
we are second bottom and that means the job that Amanda Staveley and and the rest of her board have got is nigh on impossible to oh. to get to get somebody in people just don't want to to know uh in the um in the relegation area just Absolutely. don't want to know yeah and so it it she really is up against it bless her and uh oh looks like the dog's chewing through chewed through the cable now i think he's lost for words he is, aye. He definitely <laughs> is. Uh, we'll, we'll put go. him on. We'll bring him back in if he uh, if he gets that yep, sorted out. Very, that used to be a regular occurrence. Oh, he's back now. He's back. There he is, Malcolm. We lost you again, there, mate. What did the dog uh, chew through your wire, my old? No, friend? no. He's um, he, he was just sat on it, John. That was all. He, oh, right, <laughs> his right, teeth right, were a right. long way from it. Yeah, we're going to have to start putting the dog on the flyers, I think, because uh, he's starting to make yeah. the appearance. Remember in those early days, Johnny? He, he wants appearance show. money, Steve. He definitely does. He was on the he was the star of the show in the old days, wanting to go out for a walk with the internet going on. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> took bets, Steve, didn't they? Everybody took bets how many seconds before the, the dog takes Malcolm for a walk. Yeah, they did, they did. I mean, look, John, we, we know, that, you know, Amanda Stavely and PCP are involved. We know the Rubens are involved. You mentioned that earlier. But do you think a lot of this has to do as well with the fact that the majority shareholders are PIF and they're based in Riyadh? And, um, you know, the day-to-day -day, day -day operations of this are obviously by the people who are in this country. And I know these days things can be done quickly on Zoom and, and you know, whatever other technology you've got. But there's not a, there doesn't seem to be a day-to-day -day involvement with the chairman. And I mean, the only footage I've seen of the chairman since his appearance at Tottenham Hotspur and his appearance at Buckingham Palace was on Sky yesterday with him putting a few, uh, taking a few puts on a golf course um, to, to start off, you know, the, the, the Saudi golf competition. So, you know, is that going to be a bit of an issue, do you think, with this? Well, it is isn't. It, it is and it isn't, Steve. This happens. I mean, Abramovich can't even put a foot in this country. Um, true. Very true. He's not allowed. The, the, the guys that run Manchester United and the guys that run Liverpool are sitting in America and doing tic-tac from America back to the club. Football is a global game now when you don't have... I mean, Newcastle United, and uh, previously the managers, the, sorry, the owners, actually lived in Newcastle from, from Stan Seymour to Lord Westwood to mm -hmm. McKean to John Hall. Ashley was the first one that didn't actually live in Newcastle and eventually didn't like coming to Newcastle, of course. But now they live all over the place. It does produce a problem, but not a major problem. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. We are talking about days and weeks since the takeover. We were talking prior to that 14 years of non-hope. So let's not get so instant knee-jerk that we get exasperated, we get disillusioned, we get because something takes a couple of weeks. These things do. They mm. cannot be rushed. They've got to be right. We, we could have got a manager two days after the takeover, but we could have regretted it for the rest of the season and gone down in the way Norwich City are going down. Let's just stay sensible, stay calm, Get the thing organised, get the thing right, and now we're at the Brighton situation. Let's go down to Brighton. Let's show some sort of initiative on the field that we didn't show against Chelsea at home. 
when we were so defensive minded it was untrue let us go down there have a goal let's maybe get some point and we've got a fortnight after that let's get it right in the fortnight because if we manage to a point in that fortnight Brentford at home is winnable Brentford at home is winnable um because I've got a feeling that the little edge where they were magnificent when they come up, the honeymoon yeah. might be just dying down that bit. Get a new man in, let him train the second week with the team. Let's play Brentford at home. That's winnable. We have got a gap which we can use to our advantage. And I believe that that will happen. I believe the, the, the appointment will come in time for us to utilise that fortnight to Newcastle's advantage. Then yeah. there will be all systems go against Brentford. And that's not to write off Brighton, by the way. Sure, and that could be really valuable time to a new manager Absolutely. working with his, uh, working with the players, yeah. Absolutely. Valuable, and, valuable and time. While there's some players away on international duty, there's others and there's big hitters. The two biggest hitters, for example, Callum Wilson and Alan Sam Maximum, will not be away. They'll be there the whole fortnight to train. So, mm. you know, you've got people of significance to work with in that fortnight. Let's get somebody in. Let's hold our power. Let's not panic. Hold our powder. And let's get somebody in, get it organised. And, and let's go out against Brentford and give it Absolutely everything. But, hey, why not get something at Brighton in the meantime? This side's not unbeatable. Yeah, I love Nicholas's, uh, Nicholas's post here. Um, just skip down there. He goes, I don't know what YouTube algorithms are doing, but I've just had to refresh the stream as the opening advert was for men's incontinence underpants. Oh, dear me, that might be appropriate when you're second bottom of the league. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned uh, Ryan Fraser a little bit earlier, John. It has been pointed out by more than one person in the chat tonight, of course, that Ryan Fraser was the person who went on strike, I think, when Eddie Howe was uh, oh, manager. I don't think it'll go down too well with Ryan Fraser. That that's that was well, yes, you're absolutely right. He did, and we've all gone into how serious that was and how unforgivable that was. But actually, do you know before that? Crunch come at the end His nickname down at Bournemouth When he was playing for Bournemouth Before he went on strike and quotes When he was playing for Bournemouth Under how he was known as the teacher's pet Because <laughs> oh, because, Eddie, because Eddie Howe loved him so much And saw the talent so much So he was known as the teacher's pet So will he remember that he did the dirty uh, on Eddie Or will he remember that he was the teacher's pet with Eddie I think that, that Eddie Howe wouldn't come up here and hold any any grudges. I think you might get something out of him. Um, I mean, if you can make him smile, that would be wonderful, wouldn't it? Because yeah. he's like a well-smacked bum half the time. I mean, it would be wonderful if we can get a smile out of him. And, and I would think Matt Ritchie and Callum Wilson would be would be delighted. Graham Jones was appointed at Bournemouth under yes. everybody's gone on about Martinez, how and that is the relationship of his professional life, Martinez name. But he appointed Graham Jones at Bournemouth. So there's there's plenty there to cement at Newcastle. 
Yeah, I did see a point uh, made by Jeff earlier uh, to say that Ryan Fraser has given up playing football to concentrate on Scotland. Oh, I, th I think he did that. He did that an yeah. awful long ago. It's amazing what a porridge breakfast will do for you, isn't it? Yeah, isn't yeah. it just? But it's a real Jack, Jekyll and Hyde situation, isn't it? Yeah, the managerial situation is dominated tonight. Junior Turner says we've got short memories. Keegan came in with no experience. Uh, look what he did for us, which is you know, which is a great point. I hadn't hadn't managed it. I hadn't managed it all. Uh, Stephen Fields says with Jones in charge, it's three points for Brighton. Um, Andrew says give our chance. Brian Clough was a young manager and given a chance once. So I mean, there's lots of lots of opinions. On this, really, to be to be fair, and Adam says, why is there so much negativity from our fans? Whoever we get in, we have to get behind our club. It's the nature of the beast, and it comes back down to what we started with at the top of the show, uh, and that is that the social media side of things um, is often taken as as public opinion, Malcolm. When it's not, you know, it, it's a small minority. Not everyone is on social media, Malcolm. Sure, absolutely, and. Uh... Uh, and you have an, a sort of open and frank discussion about things, and and uh, uh, and you just you back things back and forward, looking to just come up with something a bit better. And uh, uh, and I'm sure you know that there mustn't be any rush um, by Newcastle's board at all. They have got to find the right person who they've got confidence in, um, uh, uh, who will do the absolute necessary job that Newcastle United needs. And it's not an easy one. It really isn't. You know, it's had, to be to be quite honest, it's had sort of 14 years of, of mismanagement. And I'm not pointing fingers at the football manager. I'm talking about the overall running of the club. Um, and and the the playing squad has just been so neglected over the years that uh, it's going to take quite a long time to to really get that um, back in a in a strong um, fashion to go out and win games. Uh, you know when you when you think of uh, of sides or. Oh, when Alan Shearer was playing, and yeah, um, and and there was there was Robert Lee in 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 midfield and what have you, that uh, um, I I'm not seeing that kind of character that Robert Lee um, was and 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 still has um, he, he, that uh, Newcastle are lacking so much. And the, and the manager's got to try and put all of that right. Uh, well, he's not going to do it all in January, that's for sure. He's no, certainly yeah. not. Definitely not. Yano says, I think we should have sacked Jones and put Bruce in temporary charge. <laughs> lots of comics, lots yeah, of comics in the chat tonight. Eddie yeah, Howe yeah. hasn't had the chance of a big club with some money to spend. He should be an excellent top flight manager if we can get him, support him. Tom says, I hope we don't play five at the back on Saturday evening. We have to go there and get a result. Jordy Ian, uh, he says, worth watching House training session on Bournemouth FC YouTube channel. I've watched it. It is uh, it is impressive, it has to be said. Steve Bruce is available. He might take it, says Mark. He looks a lot happier on the photographs I've seen since he left. No the wonder. Junior Turner, who's on the show tomorrow night, says, whoever comes in, uh, what positions need strengthened first? We did discuss that last week on the show. 
Um, I think we agreed we probably needed a, a good spine of the team, to be honest. But we need mm. six, seven, yes. eight players in in, in 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 the new year. Alan says, and, and also, Steve, I would say, stop playing players out of position, for heaven's sake. Yeah. You know, exactly. let's, let's get players in their dedicated positions. Um, and that's the way to strengthen a side in the first place. Um, and... You know, I, well, when was the last time we saw Richie play well? You know, he's, he's sort of stuck in this um, in this half and half position um, that he's obviously not happy with. He'd much rather be pushing up the field um, and rather rather than stuck defending that he can be a lot more creative in the opposing half. And, you know, but he's but he's stuck way back in. In one player, one instance, you know, and it's and it's the same all going all over the uh, all over the field. He's third on assists, Mal, in the Premier League. Twenty-four assists. Um, he's third I place. Think, but is that to the opposition when he's <laughs> Sean Longstaff is third on tackles. Yeah, 30, 30 it, tackles. Sure, I've, I've we, never liked stats, as you know, Steve. Yeah, I know that. I know that. But it's always interesting, isn't it? It's always it interesting to hear, to hear that, you know, somebody who you probably think isn't playing as well as he could do or isn't doing what he should be doing is actually doing OK. But, yeah, the bottom line is the only stat that... No, you can still see... United. Yeah, you can games. still see better out of him when he when he's playing that much further forward. I agree. And that's where he should be playing. But And, um, and also, yeah. because he's a talker on the pitch... And, and, and I think that he's an educated, intelligent footballer. Mm -hmm. um, and there are players further forward who need that advice from him, who need that instruction. Almiron, for one, mm -hmm. um, who, who has been, um, since the start of this season, nothing but a headless chicken running around all over the place. Careful, uh, um, that'll get quoted on that MMS, MSN website, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> The, the, the one thing that's for certain, Marlon, you just made the point. The one thing it's for certain is that Matt Ritchie's not a left back. Please he's not. No. Please don't no. ask him to defend. But what? But his last. When did he last play in a position that wasn't left back? I, I know. I. It's, it's yeah. incredible. It's we have incredible. to go back quite some time. Oh, absolutely. Uh, uh, I've got a feeling uh, that he Eddie can't defend, and he Eddie knows Howe it. may not play him left back, Malcolm. Sorry, Eddie sorry, Howe John. may not play him left back. Remember when oh, he, he played him down at Bournemouth? Oh yeah, he, he played him wide left, pushing forward all the while, um, and and what a threat he was down there. Skull yeah. says you can use stats to prove just about anything. 70% of people know that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I like that. I like that. But yeah, still, yeah, very good. I mean, if you look, Steve, at how close we are to each other on the screen, if you pass the ball to Malcolm, who then passed the ball to me, that would be two completed passes and they'll have gone three inches. But whereas, I mean, we know, Malcolm, from, from our days uh, way back, that what uh, the Wilkins, Ray Wilkins, uh, played for England, uh, 
passed, never passed the ball forward. He passed it sideways. But sure. on stats, he would have been a superstar today because he, as long as it's a completed pass and it goes to him. I mean, we pass Newcastle are brilliant. It it keeping the ball when they pass it from in on the edge of the opposing penalty area back to the goalkeeper. Mm. Do you think, do you think Eddie Howe would play Joe Linton says Billy Garris? Yes, man. It's, it's in his contract. He's going to play every game. <laughs> <laughs> well, who knows? He, he could turn into the new Pele under uh, the future manager. Oh. Hey, but wait a minute. But wait a minute. Pele is 80 years old. That's what, what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And just come out of hospital. Yes, come out of hospital, yeah, and he'd be still quicker. Half past five, kick-off live on BT Sport. Newcastle play at the Amex Stadium against Brighton. 3,100 Geordies making the pilgrimage, and uh, one Saudi, Al-Walid, got his ticket, uh, which is great. Uh, and, uh, yeah, interesting game to come up. Newcastle uh, press conference tomorrow with Graham Jones. I think the only notable thing that I can say um, that we can you know, say about this is that Matt Ritchie's on four yellow cards, which means that he's won yellow card away from a one-game ban. Uh, Brighton and Hove Albion, news filtering out of there today is that Danny Welbeck and Stephen Alzatia remain out, while Dan Byrne is also doubtful. Uh, Graham Potter, of course, in charge of uh, Brighton, another person who's been linked with a managerial vacancy at Newcastle, uh, albeit only briefly, uh, are winless in their last five Premier League outings, drawing all but one of them. Uh Interesting game. Referees David Coote, uh, VAR Craig Pawson. Uh, as I said, it's live on BT Sports. Malcolm, uh, how do you see this game going, knowing that Graham Jones is going to be in the dugout, I guess? Yeah, I, uh, um, I, I think that Newcastle, over, over the past couple of seasons, they, they've had a problem with Brighton. If you, if you remember, Brighton came up to St James Park and absolutely tore Newcastle apart from the first whistle to the very last and they finished up winning 3-0 um, and Newcastle's performance was absolutely frightening for me in the way that they that they just conceded territory and uh, possession um, and what, uh, and when you when you look back to last Saturday <coughs> Uh, the, with the Chelsea game, good heavens above, New, Newcastle, um, they didn't manage 20% possession. Now, that really is seriously worrying. It doesn't matter who you're playing against. It doesn't matter how good they are. You, you've got to be having more than a fifth of the ball um, in the game, for heaven's sake. Um, so, uh, uh, and and... One thing I would say about Brighton is that they never know when they're beat and they just keep fighting away. Um, and, and I've seen a couple of instances this season and particularly just recently in their two-all draw uh, um, where they came back from 2-0 down. Um, they looked absolutely terrific while Newcastle were looking shambolic, um, to say the least. So... Oh, dear me, I I don't think it bodes well at all. And I uh, um, I think that that this slide that Newcastle have got, it, it's it's going to go on just a little bit longer and it needs something something really special like the appointment of a new manager to get it all turned round. Um, I don't think that uh, 
that management is suiting Jones, and I think he's admitted that anyway. Um, Scoreline, I'm, I'm, can Newcastle get forward and score? I'm not so sure they can, um, simply because, yes, uh, uh, um, they've got a centre-forward up there, but nobody gets forward early enough to actually give him any support. Um, and it, it, and that's a worrying thing because it, that must be playing on his head and um, all of the while. Uh, I'm going to take Brighton to win 2-0. I'm going for a 3-1 home win um, to Brighton. I think Newcastle will score for Alwaleed. That's my feeling. But I, I do worry about this game now that Graham Jones yeah. is in charge. I think a new appoint, appointment of a new manager... Would have given them a bit of in, in, uh, emphasis and a bit of bite and a bit of bounce, but that defensive display that I saw last week, and you know, my my main concern is if I see on the team sheet Kraft playing at centre half again, and the fact that he came out, we haven't even discussed it tonight. That bizarre statement about Fernandez, I, I still scratching my head at that. Um, but yeah. yeah, John, give us your prediction. Yeah, well, we know that Graham Jones will be picking the side because even if there was a new manager at this stage you wouldn't know enough mm. about what's happened it will be a Graham Jones side so that will decide what's going to happen for me because the last two games we have played unchanged if we were unchanged for a third game we lose because there's for me we've gone 10 games and we haven't had a victory and there's a, there's a theme runs through here of people that have been regularly in that side and it hasn't worked. Richie's played all 10 games and he's played as a left-back. Doesn't work. Uh, Hayden has played nine games. Longstaff started eight and been gone on as a sub in the other two. Clark has played eight. Now, if Richie, Hayden, Longstaff or Clark are dropped at Brighton, they have got no reason to complain whatsoever, in my opinion. There's been other players that have never got near a start. Shaw's made two starts. Murphy's made three starts. Ferdinand's only made five. Lewis has made none. He's had one appearance six minutes as a sub. Gale has played none. Two sub appearances. Um, th this team has to be changed if it's only because... Richie Hayden, Longstaff, Clark have got us nowhere and they've played virtually every game. And I'm not fingering them in particular, but that is an example. Now, if we can't change that, if Shaw's not worth a, a chance, if Murphy's not worth a chance, if Fernandez is not worth a chance, what are they doing here? In that, and we haven't come to the main guys who are Willick or to return, Almirin could come back. And for me... If he's fit, he's supposed to oh, who's talking at the moon. Is that right? No, Johnny's disagreeing with you. Malcolm, he's barking up the wrong tree, pal. I can tell you that. <laughs> Shut him down a minute. The one bloke I want on the team sheet, guys, who's never got a mention tonight because he's supposed to be fit, is Dubrovka. If I was actually up the wall watching Carl Darlow, bless him, on against Chelsea is kicking is absolutely atrocious mm. and he spent 20 minutes sitting on the ball having a cigar to clear it 
to try to play for time. And we, if we end, and that was the first half, and we ended up losing three 0 I would love to see Dubrovka back. If we do not change the side, we lose two 0 If we change the side, can we get a one one? If Callum Wilson gets an overhead kick, maybe. <laughs> Good stuff. You heard it here first. Uh... Look, lads, fantastic show, as always. Always good to share opinions with you. And a big shout-out to Malcolm's dog, who is, uh, has to say, stolen the show tonight. Oh, there's no <laughs> question about that. If we've got as much bite on it, Brighton, as Malcolm's dog, we'll be all right. Uh, Great stuff, lads. See you next Thursday. <laughs> Take care, guys. God bless. Take care, everyone. Good night. <laughs>